Blog Talk Radio. Flurries, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes! <laughs> Bye-bye. Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. You rip it open, and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yep. Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. unscrupulous and unexpected it's time for another summer of big brother yes yes my friends you've got the troubadour talk the toxic shock of block talk and your host for the big brother season i am sam williams that's right you heard correctly and we are here live from Dead Lizard Studios, 20 minutes south of Atlanta, and we're going to try this one more time. We actually found out that the error, if you're listening to this, we took down the other link. Um, so some of you heard, you know, about 15 minutes of the show, and then just everything cut out. And it kept getting these notices in my headphones like, you know, show, you know shows in because you have to schedule time. And you can only schedule so much time per night. So we actually couldn't go immediately back live. We had to wait until the next day, technically, to do this show. So I apologize to everybody. It was a little bit of a 30-minute wait. Uh, And some of this we're going to have to go back through again because, like I said, we erased the original show. Uh, So we're going to treat this as if we're starting over. Uh, So just bear with us for a minute. And some of the things might might actually work better because – Maybe I won't ramble about stupid stuff. Um, guys, as always, please go see our, uh, our, our Twitter. It's BB After Show. Follow us. We'll follow you back. It's been a little stressful two weeks, so maybe we haven't got back to following all, everybody who's followed us. But we will get to you, and we will make it right, I promise. If not, just message, and we'll get it straightened out. But I do appreciate all the new follows and everybody tweeting and retweeting. Sorry we haven't gotten any polls out this week. It was really rough. Uh, one poll that we did get out this week uh, was when you guys started watching Big Brother. And um, and most of you, really was interesting to see that most of you started in the earlier seasons. Um, before the show got cut off originally, uh, we had to do this redo show, um, you know, we were talking a little bit about how, you know, a lot of the strategy part of this game seems to have died. Um, if you did start in the earlier seasons, you remember 13 players coming in with 13 strategies, Two and a half a million dollars. It's kind of a big deal. It was kind of a, you know, it was one of the biggest summer events because there wasn't a whole lot competing on it uh, with Big Brother on TV at the time. And so a lot of people were really watching this show. And if you won it and you and you pulled it off and used the strategy, uh, you know, you're kind of a little bit legendary. Um, and it was kind of a big deal. You know, it's kind of like you found your way to beat 13 other people and then found a way to have, you know, seven of those people decide that you were better than them. 
Um, and it was kind of like everybody was playing the game with a different strategy. Um, you know, 13 people, 13 strategies, $500,000. The second place, you know, it was not shabby at 50000 but, it, you know, I mean, if you're going to win it, you might as well win it big. And, you know, a lot of what we talked about before we got cut off was, you know, listen, you know, we're seeing that kind of die, it feels like. You know, I'm somebody who's been waiting every year to see the the new Dan and the new Will, and I know a lot of people think Derek was the new whatever. I, I definitely don't compare him to Dan or, or Will. Uh, maybe Daniel Reyes, who I consider this maybe the first, or maybe the second best player in my opinion. I, I think she's fantastic, uh, but I don't think Derek had a lot of her intuition, so I kind of downgrade him for that. I don't really have Derek in a top five. Uh, it's hard for me to give him that with the cast that he was against. It was kind of easy. Uh, a lot of the cast was laying down for him, much like we see in the, you know in this season. And we're going to talk about Paul and do we really blame Paul? For the season being so bad I mean a lot of us uh, A lot of you out there really do I'm going to try to You know make an argument And then we can talk about it on Twitter a little bit Back and forth And I may even try to put a poll out tomorrow um, But I know overwhelmingly what it's going to be It just depends on how I'm going to word it So that you guys have to kind of think about what you want to answer um, and, and so You know Listen you know you do a show like this It feels like Groundhog Day every Thursday Um and, and it's really, really tough. By the way, because I'm, I've already mentioned it tonight and I'm having to re-mention it again, don't forget, partnership with Morty's. Uh, they're great to us. Please go by and see them. Uh, go visit their page, www.mortystv.com. they got a Big Brother link. Please go in there. Uh, you know, I don't get anything from them. It's just that they have really helped promote the show on their page, and I think they've got a great setup. You know, Morty's is probably like the number one site for, spo- you know, spoilers and feeds and discussion for all reality shows, really. So, you know, please go by there and see them and and tell them Sam sent you, please. Um, But, you know, it feels like we're doing a lot of Groundhog Day. It seems like we're seeing a lot of the same thing, man. You know, it's, you know, Cody, Jessica, Cody, Jessica, Cody, Jessica, and then we get, you know, Elena, Mark, Elena, Mark. Now, Mark is – I told you guys last week, Mark is the new Cody, and they treated him a lot better. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about Mark's gameplay towards the end here. Um, but, you know, speaking of Cody, and let's just talk about Cody and Mark for a second. And, and you guys already know who was HOH and all that stuff. We don't need to go in that. We're going to talk a little bit about positions and strengths and weaknesses right now. But uh, with Jason, Jason winning the HOH tonight, a lot of things will change up um, because there's a lot of talk about Jason being the guy that's going to go next. Um, so that changes a lot of things. And we're going to talk about so, there's one particular player that is in the best position of anyone in the house, and it blows me away. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about that too. Um, but, you know, finally I think a little bit of the misery is over for us. Uh, I mean that in the sense that, you know, I told you guys, it's hard. It, people keep saying it's hard to root for anyone in the season, and, and it is. You know, usually everybody's either kind of, you know, gathered behind somebody they don't like, you know, one particular player um, or somebody they do like a particular player. And it just seems like this season everybody's just more excited about seeing people get evicted than anyone really winning. And that speaks volumes for this season. You know, it's it really does. And it speaks volumes of the fact that nobody's really cheering for anyone. We're just excited to see people get blindsided and go home this week or this uh, back in the season. You know, see who goes to jury. 
because really it's a it's a very dislikable cast. It's very disappointing because when we started this season, a lot of the talk was we finally got some age diversity. We got people with life experience, people with kids, people who are married, you know, people who have things going on and have careers and have businesses or whatever, what have you. And, you know, we didn't get the 20-year-olds who were, you know, what do they call them, petty cart, you know, drivers and unemployed and, uh, you know, just graduated. People that really, if you put 500000 in front of them, I don't know that they would know what to do with it. And so we're really excited about this season. And it's really scary to me that where we're sitting right now is that maybe the strategy part of this game is dead. It's very reality-based. You know, it's a lot about fighting. It's a lot about showmances. It's a lot about dramatic things instead of gameplay. And, you know, as an old, as an, a watcher of the old seasons, what I call the golden era, which I go, you know, seasons two through season, you skip nine, but season through two through maybe like season 11, and I really like season 12. You know, it was a golden era, a big brother, era, a big brother. And, you know, with the brigade in season 12, things changed. A lot of it was about groups and, you know, safety and numbers. And even with that, I don't think that the uh, brigade was even really a huge alliance. I mean, it was a small group. So it's hard to really say the brigade kind of started downfall, but from 13, 14, 15, 16, we saw from that point on larger alliances really dominating the game, showmances dominating TV time, fights dominating uh, the show, and we saw that in 15 with a lot of things that were probably not the proudest moments of Big Brother um, with a lot of off-color situations. Um, And so – you know, we're kind of getting more into reality TV on Big Brother. It's more real world with money at the end. And that's very disappointing for a lot of us. And, you know, I think we're suffering from that. And I think that we've got to really consider that Big Brother may be over. The Big Brother that we knew is over. And maybe the younger generation of viewers want to see reality TV. I I don't know. Um, What I do know is that this season has let us down. Um, But, you know, whose fault is it? And we're going to talk about Everything that's been going on this week, and we're going to do some comparisons to old things and try to talk it out and see if we can figure it out. And Twitter's always open. Please, you know, if you listen to the show, tweet me, uh, you know, your comments or whatever on what we talk about tonight. And if you call, I can't take it tonight because I'm actually going to be in a little bit of a hurry. So I won't be able to do that tonight. So I'm sorry to everybody who might be on the line. Um, you guys know Alex1HOH. Uh, you know, it's amazing to me. You know, I tweeted out something today that was talking about Alex telling Jason, you know, um, about Paul having the jury stacked, but I'm okay with going to final three with him. Uh, Alex, very, very disappointing. You know, you, we try to keep giving her a chance, give her a chance, give her a chance, hoping that she'll pull out. I just don't think that she's very game bright. I'm not saying that she's not a good, you know, a smart person in real life, for those who know her. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I don't think she's very game bright. I don't think that she really sees the end, the end game. I think that uh, her deal is just really being part of Paul. I feel like there's a desire to be connected to Paul for her. I don't think that there's a love thing there. I just think that, you know, Paul is the cool kid, and there's a lot of Alex really, really trying to be a part of that. Um, we had a lot of hope with Jason, and we're going to talk about that with Jason winning HOH because I've laid out the possibilities for next week depending on who won HOH. Um, and we're going to talk about that, of course. But, uh, you know, she hooks up with Jason. But I think that Alex needs to really realize something, and I think all of them need to realize something, that we know 
that you got to hope the light bulb's going to go off. I think that anybody who actually takes out Paul will actually win the jury over in the fact that, you know, you could you can make an extremely easy argument that a Paul eviction is the strongest move in the entire game for the season. Uh, you know, it, it allows, especially like if Alex can pull this off and do this before the final three, you know, allows her to talk about how she thought, how she kind of saw through Paul. Paul almost had her brainwashed, uh, but unlike the rest of the house, she started to plot his demise and him being the biggest player in the game and didn't have a target on him that he was basically controlling HOHs and controlling POVs and controlling hexes and temptations and all this stuff, that she really knew that the time to strike Paul was at the time she becomes HOH and takes him out. Now, whether Alex realizes this or not is remains to be seen. By this time of the season, usually we know. It seems like Alex really is planning on going to a final three with Paul, but Paul, on the other hand, knows that she is somebody that can win jury over. So Alex is not someone that Paul wants to go to final three with. Uh, and, in fact, we saw a lot of talk this week about Paul making a final three with uh, Christmas and Josh. He feels like he can beat Christmas and Josh, and I don't know that he's far-fetched from that. Uh, Christmas, I think, can make an argument that she deserves it over Paul because she was disadvantaged in the game. And there are opportunities to take her out that nobody took, and she couldn't rely on her comp ability. She had to rely on her physical abilities. And I think that Christmas, in a way, is not quite as brainwashed as Alex is. I think Christmas does realize that she will have to strike on Paul eventually, that she would struggle against Paul, although I think she knows that she would do great against Josh. I think she sticks to this final three. Her foot's going to be better. By the time she comes into this, uh, you know, final three situation, final four situation, she may be able to get rid of Paul at that point. Um, but she has to know, and I think she's smart enough to know, that there is some danger in taking Paul the final two in that in that group. So, Alex, I don't think we're going to see it from her. But we did see her win HOH, and we did see her pretty much do what we expect her to do. Nominees are, jo are Jason and uh, Matt. Uh, now, Matt needs to kind of realize that pawns are starting to go home and have gone home, and he's been a pawn an awful lot. Eventually, pawn looks delicious, and they take a shot. And uh, I think Matt's a little bit oblivious. Um, Matt is oblivious, oblivious to everyone, including himself. He know, you know, He knows he does something. Uh, or does nothing. He knows that he absolutely offers nothing to the house. And honestly, seems like he's kind of okay with it. You know, there's a lot of talk about him okay with going to jury. I don't even know what Matt's point was being was 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 to be there. I don't even know what he was thinking that this was going to be. I don't know if he was looking for a show, Matt's. Um, but the plan is always going to be for him to continue to do nothing. Uh, we saw him in this final HOH, and if I read correctly, he didn't last very long in the HOH competition. He kind of pulled this, well, you know, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to stand up here all night and jump down and left Raven up there to handle it. Of course, she didn't last very long either. So, you know, the situation comes down to Matt really, really starting to wear on a lot of people in the house. Uh, you know, I don't think he cares about even anything. I don't even think he cares about Raven that much. I mean, I know that's a hard thing to throw at somebody. He's just there. And I think if Raven went home tomorrow, I don't know that Matt would be that worried about it. 
I think you would just be like, okay. You can't call him a floater. Floaters have some type of strategy. Matt has none. There's, there is no strategy. He's a co-hanger. He's holding up nothing. I mean, he's just hanging there. And I think he definitely might slip into a final six. We'll have to see. But in reality, he, the, the house is just tired of him really lasting in the showmance. Showmances are extremely dangerous. They're a huge threat, especially you get to this point. Uh, and Matt and Raven, again, are pretty oblivious to this fact, especially Raven. I don't think she understands it. I just get the impression that Raven just thinks that people are going to give it to her. You know, she doesn't feel good. She's ill. You know, people are just going to take her to the final. They want her to win the money. They're good people. Problem is, is that we already saw Jason this week really get fed up with Raven talk about how she's gained weight despite the fact that she's not supposed to be able to eat, hasn't seen her get sick in the house this whole time, you know, hasn't seen her fall ill this entire time for somebody who's terminal. And it really got a discussion going. It's the type of thing with Raven, in my opinion, where nobody wants to be the first one to say something, but everybody's waiting for somebody to say it first, okay? And that's a situation where everybody has their opinion about Raven. Everybody wants to say how they feel about Raven. Everybody wants to call her out. But nobody wants to be the first person to do it. But the first second you get that somebody does do it, everybody is a part of it. And I think that's beginning to happen for Raven. Jason's already kind of broke the mold saying, look, I'm, I'm tired of it. You know, I'm tired of hearing about how sick she is. I don't even buy it. You know, she just doesn't see it again. We've already seen that come from Kevin on a smaller scale where Kevin has kind of planted that seed with Jason. Now, whether or not that seed grew on Jason or not from Kevin planted it, I don't know. But I know that Jason at some point this week was pretty fed up with Raven and pretty fed up with Matt. I think uh, I think the, the house now feels comfortable being honest about her, and I think that that's really going to hurt her going forward. And uh, I can tell you right now, when Jason went in HOH, I am, I am pretty confident you're going to see an effort to get Matt and Raven to, to leave. Now, we saw that tonight already. That's not a surprise. Mind you, I've got to write these notes before tonight's show, okay? But so I get a little bit of credit. But, you know, it just, you just knew that Jason was really getting tired and, and Alex were getting tired of Matt and Raven. It's kind of been boiling a little bit with everyone in the house. Whether or not this is a big move remains to be completely seen. Uh, but Matt being a nominee and, of course, Jason being a nominee and Jason winning uh, the HOH. Jason is an interesting person. I mean, I'm really, really excited for him to uh, find out that, you know, he's going to have another child. I think that's awesome. And his emotion was very, very, very contagious. I mean, it's. Anytime you find out you're going to have a child, it it is a complete, life-changing, altering spiritual moment, Um, anyone who has had that um, happen to them. And I I think if I got a letter, though, saying that I was going to have another child, I would probably cry because I'm so tired, guys. I got a two- and a four-year-old. I'm so exhausted. I don't think a baby would be – I mean, I love it the same, but I think I'd probably be like – I'd probably – some of the tears of joy would be – Tears of fear. <laughs> so I just I would be excited, but I'd probably just you know some of those tears would be just fear. Um, so I'm very very happy for him. Maybe this motivates him to change his game. Maybe the money makes a big difference to him now. I think it did before, but Jason 
unfairly zinged by Zingbot. We're going to talk about Zingbot before we finish. You know, unfairly shot at by Zingbot by being told that, you know, he's kind of riding Alex's coattails, and I don't buy that. I think he trusts Alex too much, but he definitely holds up his end. In fact, Alex and Jason are probably the two best allied teammates at the moment from the entire season. I mean, these are two people that can win any comp that they put their mind to. It's a very dangerous duo. And I think that had they been really smart, they would ride to the final two together because it would be hard to kind of pick between the two of them. Uh, I don't know how much credit you give Alex, and I don't know how much credit you give Jason. I mean, Alex was using a lot of advice from Paul and a lot of what Paul told her to do to guide Jason along the way, but Jason has really held up his end of the bargain. We rarely see that from a from a duo, um, but he definitely has. And so you got to hope that this news about a child really changes, you know, the way Jason views his game and if his end game will change. Uh, I don't know that it will. I think Jason is a good physical player, and we saw him get a little smart at the beginning of the season where we kind of thought, okay, he's kind of on to Paul. Um, but it seems like he's really kind of fallen back, you know, right in behind Alex and kind of lined up himself as a troop for her, trooper for her, and whatever she thinks that they should do, let's do it. I just hope that Jason wakes up because if Jason does make a move this week that I think he's going to make, which would be putting up Matt and Raven. If Raven somehow goes home and Matt stays, and if Matt somehow gets motivated to win just an easy comp, you know, some of these comps, you know, kind of like, you know, putting the ball into a slot, it's really luck. I mean, you can find an advantage there, and you can find, but when you've got one shot, one try, one time, a lot of that becomes a lot of luck. And Matt could easily win something like that, um, and as could Raven, and that changes a lot of things too. But Jason is definitely on the radar. I think luckily for him, he's a little bit behind Alex. But the problem with Alex is, is that Alex is solidified in Paul's group. I don't believe that Jason really truly is. Paul is ready to cut Jason, and I think Alex might be a little ready to cut Jason. So it's going to be a situation where Jason is going to become the new Cody if he doesn't really wake up. Let's hope that the news of this wonderful child coming into the world changes his view on the game and he wakes up. But, guys, we have been talking about this kind of thing happening week after week, and it doesn't change anything. Sadly, we kind of see the same old, same old. It's been extremely difficult to hang on to the season and and hope for any real change. Um We've talked about Matt, you know, we've said that Matt is just kind of there. I know he's got two shirts and he's lost cereal. I'm sick of the cereal thing. It's getting old. You know, I try to keep a positive attitude if he can't get the season, but I'm getting to the point where the whole cereal thing is just old. Uh, I'm really ready for him and Raven to go. Um, I, I, I do think that Matt is going to be a huge target this week with Jason. Uh, they may want to get rid of Raven, but Matt just has a possibility of doing something. I still think that there is a, there's some kind of comp in there for him that he really will try at. Uh, now, it will be interesting if he will really compete in the veto. We'll find out, and we'll see between really between uh, Matt and Raven who is the one that really, really, really maybe wants to stay in this house. 
but I'm going to say that it's probably going to be neither. I say somebody wins the POV, locks them out, and, you know, Matt's probably the guy that's going to go because I don't feel like Raven's much of a threat, and she's a bit a bit out there on her own. Now, we saw Mark get backdoored. Uh, he's the nominee that will replace Jason, and Jason wins the POV, as we were talking about. Jason doing quite well in these comps when it matters. And and, I, and I'm, a, I'm kind of okay with Jason winning in a weird way, and it doesn't have anything to do with you know, with the kid thing, I mean, that definitely might play into it subconsciously. But I just think that Jason is, a, you know, one of the decent people in the house. I mean, he really doesn't do anything. He seems to be, you know, a genuine guy. You know, he's got a family at home, you know, that's quite young and kind of starting out. And I don't know that he's really been out to hurt anyone. Um, and not that that means that you should vote for him to win or anything, but – I think that Jason could maybe get some votes in jury. Um, and so I, I don't mind Jason being at the end, but I just don't see Alex taking him. And Paul definitely doesn't want to take him. So, you know, he's just in a lot of trouble, and, and sadly uh, it's just the way it's going to end. Uh, but we see him win the POV, and, and Mark gets backdoored. Uh, he's the nominee that, re- that replaces Jason. And I've got to say something about this POV, and I hope you guys agree with me, and this is definitely going to be a poll question. I feel like once once players get to jury, once we start jury, everyone should play in POV. Everyone in the house should play in POV. It's ridiculous that we see two house guest choice get pulled. You know, this this last, what, uh, Wednesday show? I mean, it, it's It's ridiculous. It's it's absolutely insane. A house guest choice should not be in there at that point. Everybody should be playing for the veto. Everybody has a risk of being backdoored at that point. We are down to certain low numbers. There's no reason that everybody can't compete in the POV. I understand at the beginning of the season. Now, I'm one of those people that thinks everyone should compete in the POV regardless. I think they try to focus it and streamline it down to have the POV focused on, you know, the main nominees and, you know, two others or three others in the HOH. But in my opinion, this should be a competition for everyone. Everybody should be allowed to compete. And if somebody has a, a partner, an alliance member that is capable of playing a POV and changing the game around, it should be allowed to happen. They should let everyone play POV. I am a, I get it. There's too many people, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry. This is a game for half a million dollars. I want an opportunity to save myself and somebody else if I want. And I don't think it should come down to who pulls a name out of a bag. Uh, we saw Cody get screwed from the POV last week. Now we almost saw Mark get screwed on the POV this week when two house guest choices got pulled, which shouldn't have even been in the bag. And he gets finally pulled on the very last one. But i got to be honest with you, had Mark not got pulled for the POV this week, I would have been really, really upset. I would have been really, really upset. It just makes for awful TV. It makes for bad entertainment when the guy that's on the block doesn't even get a shot to play or the guy's going on the block and everybody knows it. Even he knows it, and he doesn't get a shot to play on the block, you get play in the POV. It's just it bums me out. It's just not right. When we get to jury, especially CBS and, and production for Big Brother needs to realize once we get into jury, after that double eviction, everyone plays for POV. Everyone's at risk for being backdoored. The numbers are smaller at that point. Everyone needs to play for POV. 
I hope they make that change. I think it would help the game tremendously. Um, but it just, it just, not that Cody deserved anything fair or anything like that. Um, but to see the possibility within one name pool of two people being backdoored, not being able to play in the POV to help themselves, is just sad. Because I hate the backdoor anyway. I think it's a lame way of playing the game. Um, but anyway, we do see Jason win the POV. Mark did have a shot. It was not a Mark comp. It was a very balanced and steady comp. We see that where it's a slippery thing and you got to fill up juice bottles and aquariums or whatever they call them and get the ball out to win. You know, it just was not going to be his, his POV. A lot of people said it was meant to be that way. I don't really think so. I think Mark staying is good for entertainment. I think Cody staying is good for TV for them. Um, I don't think it's a rig um, on that particular situation. But it just was not a good one for him, and they do that when every season. So it's not shocker to see it into a, an intense POV moment to be used. Um, but, you know, Mark played hard this week, and I really liked it. I loved it. Um, it's the first week where, where there was real effort in the house uh, to work both sides to try to – keep in and try to stay there. I thought he made excellent points. I got to say the fact that um, the fact that he was working everybody, you know, it just was nice to see that strategy. That's what strategy is. It's nice to see strategy. We saw Cody do that at the end of his tenure where he began to use a little bit of more social strategy. Social strategy is key. And it's honestly what's kept Christmas afloat a little while here. It is very, very important, as important as winning HOH or comps or POV or anything else. You've got to have a good social game. And we did see a good social game from Mark. Uh, you know, he talked to the right people. He tried to make, uh, make his, his points known. Um, but it's a little too late. You know, we saw, we knew that was going to be the case. It's a little too late. Um, but I really believe that Mark should have been this guy from day one. And Mark played a lot of victim. Mark played a lot of innocent bystander and man things just. And he was too trusting of everybody. I mean, to not pick Paul or to not pick Paul to compete in that HOH about two weeks ago uh, with this, you know, gosh, what's it called, the ski thing or whatever, skeet, whatever, uh, where they were sliding it, um, shuffleboard, I guess is what it's called. Um, you know, and that he doesn't pick Paul. He also picks Paul to not go up. Like, it just, you know, I think that just Mark was really grabbing at straws, trying to win Paul over. It was too late. He should have known it was too late. That's the naive, naivete. Is that right? Naivete. And I say that too, Southern. Um, with what the house viewed him like. It's, it's a lot like how... We've seen this happen, you know, and I, I say there are some major events this season that change everything. Uh, Cody comes back, and you got Cody and Jessica. This game can completely flip. It can completely flip. Jessica decides that she can work amends with this house, and they'll just love her and Cody again. Stupid decision. Stupid thought. Sorry, Jessica. Uh, you know, I kind of had moments where I cheered for you. But... You know, it's just one of those things where why did you really think that you could reset this game, especially when the guy they just sent out comes back in? What makes y'all think you can reset the game by putting up dummy nominees and making an emotional choice like Josh and putting up Ramsey, who has no real alignment to anyone? What did you think was going to really happen there? And we see the same kind of mentality with Mark, where it's like, oh, well, maybe everybody will start working with me again. No, Mark, it, it's too late. You should have been doing this from week one. 
I don't know if it was the Showmance with Elena that got yet out of the game. Uh, and we have seen where Showmance has now become extremely dangerous. It's cutesy at first. Hey, man, you know, a lot of people are fans of Showmances. It's cutesy and lovey-dovey at first. But you see that that actually becomes an anchor around somebody's neck eventually because you're viewed as a threat. And when you're in a Showmance, it takes you off the prize. It takes you off the game. Showmances are not a good place to be. I mean, it is good for the few weeks, but then you're stuck because you can't get rid of that person that you're with when it need, when you need to separate. And everybody views you as two people voting one way. And it's extremely dangerous as numbers begin to dwindle, as we see right now. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was too late for Mark. And if Mark had been this guy from day one, yeah, I, I think he actually does well. I think he kind of left the house with people kind of liking Mark. And at the end of the day, he didn't – you know, what I like about him, and I'm going to tell you, what I liked about what he did this week is that he didn't overpress. There was a lot of, you know what, I appreciate you carrying me out. You know, I just ask you to think about it. That is the exact way you play by trying to get your way from somebody. You don't hammer, 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 hammer. Although it has worked for Paul, I think just saying what you need to say, making a valid point and kind of backing off at that point, allowing people to think, uh, makes a lot of sense. And you don't annoy anyone. And they're not tired of hearing about it three or four times because you haven't beaten them over the head about it. Points were great. They were really on target. He didn't wear anyone down with what he wanted. He makes his point, smiles, and lets somebody think on it. And that mark just should have been there from day one. And to think that he wasn't, it's sad to see somebody decide that they wanted to do something when it's over. Now, we, like I said, we saw Cody do the same thing. Cody became personal, personable. Cody, once Jessica left, Cody began to kind of try to start talking to people. Is there anything I can do to stay safe? Is there anything I can do to make you want to keep me around? Here's what I offer you. Here's the benefits of keeping me. Here are the people that really are a threat to you because I'm always going to be a target. I think it's I think it's brilliant, but it's just so late in this game that it was never going to happen. Everybody had already been told that Mark and Cody and Jessica and Elena were the evil people in the house and that they were going to inflict harm on everyone else if they remained in the house, which was genius by Paul, and it worked. And uh, they were really kind of uh, scarlet-lettered in this situation. They just were completely people that just nobody really would work with at that point. And you can't ever let it get that far. You should be working way before you're nominated. Um, and, and I just think social game's so important. And, Mark, you know, you had it in the last, you know, what, 48, 72 hours of this game. You should have had it on day one. It's very disappointing to see you play this game that way and know that you had potential to do that and you refused to do it because you got into a showmance. Cody, the same thing. It's just a shame to see showmances getting in the way of good gameplay. And that's exactly what we see. Do I think Cody is the same guy without Jessica? I really don't. You know, it got into that really huge mess. We're not, it's no surprise to us. We've all talked about it. You know, the house just seemed not to forgive him. It was ridiculous. I think he should have been more personable after that situation, apologized, said, look, I'm stupid. I didn't know what to do. You guys hopefully will never be in that situation, but I'm going through half the house. Give me a break. Help me out here. You know, forgive me for being a, for being a dummy this week. Um, but his pride kind of got in the way of it, and Jessica kind of fueled that, and then it was kind of him versus everybody, and they're mad, and everybody knows they're mad, and things just begin to, to progress. 
Um, but I think without Jessica, Cody plays pretty well. I think without <coughs> excuse me, without Cody, Jessica plays pretty well. She had good intuition. She just needed to listen to herself. Except for that Hex deal was awful with Hall. We won't go into that. I just think she was beat by that point. Uh, Elena without Mark probably still is Elena. I mean, like let's not let's not give everybody too much credit. I think she's still there for a reality career. I think that's all she cares about. Um, and I hate to put somebody under the bus like that, but I just think Elena's one of those people that you get on this show that thinks that they're going to have this huge reality career when it's all over. And I really think that she's going to be sadly disappointed when the phone doesn't ring. Not only are fans not that interested in her, you know, usually these guys, from my understanding, you know, can make a pretty decent living doing a lot of appearances after the show's over. And ride that as long as you can. And I think some of the bigger players, Janelle and all, they can still kind of do that and make a decent living, uh, would be my guess. I don't know. But, I, you know, I think that's a lot of what a lot of these guys think that's going to happen when they get out. They can just kind of surf on this Big Brother career for a couple of years and make money, easy money, by just kind of showing up places. But I just think Elena's going to be really disappointed. Fans are not – it doesn't seem like you guys are really huge behind her. And I think it was pretty obvious she didn't really come to do anything but get herself exposed on TV. Um, but I think that, you know, Mark without Elena plays – if he plays like this, if this is the real Mark, he's very personable. You know, he wasn't, you know, a big baby. He took it very well. You know, it's kind of him versus everybody else, and he accepted that. He never really – he kind of continued to keep fighting. And I think that Mark and that Cody and that Jessica at this, in the beginning of the season would have been fine. It just things got really, really out of hand so quickly. And uh, listen, Paul has got this house under control, okay? I asked you guys, and I want you to tweet me, you know, when you, when you do listen to this. I know a lot of people listen after we go live. But I want you to tweet me, and I'm going to put a poll out there. You know, if you really – and I'm going to try to word it, like I said, the right way. If I can find a way, I'll do it. But, you know, is Paul really ruining the season? Is it really Paul's fault? And I really don't think it is. You know, listen, I don't – you may hate Paul, and certainly we've said our, our things about Paul. I don't, I don't dislike Paul. I have no issue with Paul. Uh, I didn't like the, the three weeks of safety I thought was so extreme. You know, I think it was a little over the top after having one week of safety the first week when he gave out the friendship bracelets. That was four weeks. Too much. Too much. I gave him a month of safety to kind of do what he's been doing. Now, do I fault Paul for that? No. I don't think Paul came in saying, hey, I'll come back on the show, but I want this much money, and I want uh, four weeks of safety. I don't think that would have happened. I think that production overplayed the value of vets. I, and, and you guys have said it. Oh, well, vets always get safety. Mr. Excitement says it all the time. Oh, vets always get safety. But do they really need it? I mean, we've talked about this. In season 13, those vets stay really together until Danny Donato decides to split off and go her own way. And this is a group of vets that the new players looked up to. Adam and Shelly all looked up to these guys and began to work for them. Um, season 14. What happens? So, season 13, we see Rachel win, who's a vet. Season 14, we see Dan come in second, who's a vet. And what happened when Dan came in? Everybody wanted to be working with Dan. Dan's another Will. Everybody wants to be with. Everybody wants to be another Renegade. Oh, they're all struck. How many? How many of those vets lasted in 14? I know Brittany went really far. I know Boogie got kind of tripped up. 
But Boogie was out of the game for a long time. And I'll tell you, you know, I know for a fact that Boogie did not want to play as a player in 14. He only wanted to make the easy money as a coach. And, I mean, I hate to throw him under the bus. That's true. He wanted the easy money. He's a money guy. He loves money. He loves easy money. He loves fast money. He loves a lot of things. But we'll leave that alone. But he likes easy money, like the rest of us. I don't fault him for that. But he did not want to play in season 14. He had no desire to play in season 14. And I believe that he made production kind of tell him that he wouldn't be playing in season 14. He would only be a coach for the whole season. I think he was truly blindsided. But I don't think he was really in the game when that happened, and he went home pretty early. Um, but we did see Janelle last a little while, but we saw Brittany go pretty far, and we saw Dan go pretty far in 14. 15, no vets. 16, no vets. 17, we see – or what is it? 18, we see a resurgence of vets. Uh, last season, who wins? Nicole. What happens when Nicole and, uh, uh, oh, my gosh, Devon enter, uh, James enter, and Frank enter? What happens? Everybody gets starstruck. All the new players are like, oh, my God, I better do what they tell me to because I don't know what. So I'm thinking, guys, look, CBS, Big Brother Production, y'all have to realize that vets really don't need safety. The track record shows it. They don't need it. Now, do I fault Paul for having it? Not at all. There's no way that I fault Paul, I fault Paul, fault Paul, that I give him any fault in the fact that production decided to give him four weeks of safety. We knew the temptation was going to go to him. We knew it. I mean, let's not play games here. And and I think fans thought he might need it, honestly. Um, but he gets that safety. Should have gone to Cody after the mess he got put through, honestly. Should have realized that, God, after that first week, he deserves three weeks of safety just to recoup. I think that would have done a huge thing for this game, maybe, if he'd given it to Cody. I mean, I know people hate him, but, hey, it might have given him three weeks to really recoup his stance in the game and change the game a little bit. Because he was on to Paul from day one. So... And he played it badly. Yes, he played it badly. But he was on to Paul really early. Um, but these, these these vets do not need this safety. They don't need it. If you look at where they end up in this game after they've been invited back in, they do so well that they almost need a disadvantage coming back in. So we see Paul. We see him return. I don't blame him for all this. But i got to be honest with you. Despite the four weeks of safety, and it's hard to despite that, right? But if we take that out of the equation, Paul has played a great game. If Paul had played this way last season, Paul would be a shoe-in from day one. He played a really good game. I told you guys, I thought that his pressure was going to break people. They were going to get annoyed with him. But he's done pretty good at backing off of that, and he kind of did that last season. I think Paul is an intense player for the first, like, month, uh, and then he tends to kind of relax himself a little bit. And we're seeing him kind of relax himself, and he's playing a lot more quiet. He's playing closer to the best. I told you guys he's going to have to solidify a final four. I think he solidified his final three. He's got Christmas and Josh. And I think he's got a final five now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think his final five is with Alex and Matt and Jason maybe would be that final five. 
But I think his only the only ones he cares about is Christmas and Josh. I think he feels like he can beat them. That is his real final three. I believe that. And so he did exactly what we thought he would do, or what we what we thought he should do, which is go and solidify your people that you will absolutely ride or die with in this game. And he has done that. And he's done that with five and three. I think the three serious. I think the five is expendable, mainly because I don't think he, he's not going to want to sit in the final two with Alex. And he's not going to want to sit in a final two with Jason. He may want to sit in a final two with Matt, but Matt is a hard person to take with you just because of the fact of the annoyance of somebody winning 50000 for eating cereal. I think that is a little bit under – I think Paul is the type of person that looks at Matt and just doesn't want him to really have that opportunity. So I, none of those are serious. I, I know he doesn't want Raven in the final two because he's worried about the sympathy vote. Um, but, you know, he has a very specific pecking order that he wants, and it ends up being what? You know, what, Matt, Kevin, and Raven? Is they're going to cut his final five, or his, uh, yeah, his final five, uh, by getting rid of Matt. And he wants to get rid of Kevin, then he wants to get rid of Raven. That's what he's telling Alex, and that's what Alex is telling Jason. But Alex and Jason are on that list as well. Brilliant move by Paul. He's playing two different finals. He's got a final five that everybody knows about, and he's got his final three. And I believe that he's letting Alex believe that she's his final two. But I don't think she is. I think it actually is Christmas. And it could be Josh. I think he has a better shot at winning against Josh than he does at Christmas. Now, whether or not Paul realizes that as the game goes forward is, up, is, is completely up in the air. We've seen that his intuition is not always the best. Um, so he could very well take Christmas. I think Christmas could actually win this game if he takes her. So he's in a situation where he's sitting pretty. But I don't blame Paul for where he's at. You know, listen, this is a house of people that really are not very good at the game. Okay? And I put that on the on the board for everyone. Cody, Alec, nobody is good at this game except for Paul. Paul is the only one good at this game. And maybe because he had a second chance. I'm sure that has everything to do with it. The fact still remains it's not his fault that he's been invited back. It's not his fault he got four weeks of safety. I don't fault him for any of this. And, in fact, I applaud that the situation that he's in, he's been able to flip the way that he has. He's been able to completely miss this, missed this entire cast. And even at opportunities where enemies had opportunities to put him up, they don't do it. You know, how drastically does this game change when Jessica wins HOH and puts, puts, and puts Paul up? It changes drastically, especially if you can put them up against somebody that other people won't vote out. Now, that's hard to do, but I think if you put Alex and you put Paul next to each other and under that Jessica HOH, things change dramatically. So it's a situation that this house has had its opportunities. There's opportunities for, for Mark to have selected Paul to have to play to lose the HOH, which he still did. But the fact of the matter is is that so much, Paul has planted so much, he's put so much into this game socially, he's been able to convince everyone that he knows what's best for them, and right now that's worked like a charm. Now here's the thing that I want to pose to you. The lack of real strategy play is very similar to the lack of strategy play in 16. So why is Derek loved and Paul hated? I get it. Derek never had safety, da 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 But if you look at the house, look at people like Caleb and Cody and people that just 
were just going to give Derek all the money. I mean, they'd already told him they were going to they were going to vote for him and give it to him because he's just a swell guy, right? What's the difference between what we see with Paul right now at this point in the game? We see very much the same thing. Everybody willing to give Paul, you know, the benefit, the benefit of the doubt, believe him, trust him, take him to a final three. Alex was take him to a final three like an idiot. And if you don't think, and this is one of the reasons why, my my, my I don't know that an All-Stars is ever going to work again. I think bringing Paul back and the people they brought back, I think All-Stars was ruined in season 13 and 14, just ruined. Not being able to see Dan in All-Stars is actually criminal to me. Not being able to see Danny Donato in All-Stars 2 is criminal. Not to be able to see, you know, uh, Brittany. And, you know, a lot of people feel like Brittany's not a strong player. Of course, Brittany from season 12 and 14. But she's a very, very convincing person. She's a great social player. She's very convincing. She was able to really convince that jury to go for Ian. She was very, very, very instrumental in that. Because people trust what she says. She's very good at getting her point across. So we've ruined any chance of a real All-Stars 2. But what I would like to see is what we're going to see tonight, or this this season, which is let's do runner-ups. If you think that Paul is going to go to a final three with Alex and Jason and give up anything in those HOH comps, you're out of your mind. He has lost a half a million dollars. Everywhere he goes, people have told him you are better than Nicole. Not everywhere, but a lot of people felt like he's a lot better than Nicole in that season, that he deserved the money. He was the one that made a lot of things happen. It should have been him. Do you think for a second that if Alex and Jason take him to a final three that that Paul's going to budge? No. I would lay money that Paul wins that first HOH. He's going to lock himself in. He's going to lock himself into a final two. And he's going to have every reason and every way to look at the jury, whether it's Alex or Jason, and say, I controlled every bit of their game. They are where they are because of me. And everybody's going to believe him because they did the exact same thing. They followed him right off the cliff because every one of those jurors, in some way, shape, or form, Paul's going to sit there and say, hey, man, I can do this without getting my hands dirty. Truth of the matter is that Paul's going to have to get his hands dirty at the end. He's going to be responsible for sending people home. And Alex is probably, if he sends Alex home, it's going to be one of them. Boy, she'll be better. You know, he's going to have to play a part in sending Jason home. He's going to have to play a part in sending Matt home. My God, he's going to have to vote, right? He's got to do something. He can't just play innocent unless he's going to start trying to play the I'm going to, I'm going to throw a sympathy vote situation. Those goodbye messages are going to be very, very important for him. I didn't want you to go. My hands were tied. I tried to fight to keep you. That's what I say every time in an eviction message. There's no, I got you first. No. I get a jury. Man, I, my hands were tied. Really didn't want this to happen to you. But I got to play the way I got to play it. Then I reveal at the jury. And, you know, hey, look, maybe I did play a little part in it. But Paul's going to have to get his hands dirty at the end. And it's going to be... He's going to have to stab a lot of people in the back that trust him. And it's going to make for a bitter jury. A lot of people don't think that that's going to happen, but i, I got to be honest. I think once these jury members get in the house, they get away from Paul, they start talking and they start thinking about things, they start sharing stories, they start sharing things that went on with Paul. Things are going to change a little bit in that jury house, I think. And, and you've got Cody there. And Cody's going to have a lot to say if he doesn't end up busting Josh in the mouth. 
But Josh is still an excellent final two for Paul, too. And I'm not so sure that he doesn't reconsider, you know what, Josh is my guy. In fact, I would almost bet Josh is my guy. It would be, but I do think that he has a feeling that Christmas is somebody that he would want to take. Um, but he's played such a good game. He's missed it everyone really well. Everybody's playing the way. And, and it's not like this house hasn't had their opportunities. You know, look, uh, Jason's HOH now. What do you think? You know, listen, Jason can put up Paul and make the argument to Alex, you guys were getting too close for my comfort. I didn't like how close you and Paul had gotten. I'm putting Paul and Matt up. Of course, Matt's going to go home. But at least Jason's made a statement. And he can win POV. I mean, he's been able to do that. But he may may want to take a shot. But he can explain it off. It may be too early for him right now. But he can explain it off to Alex in a week or two. But does he actually pull it? Paul has done such a good job. And the biggest thing that I can give Paul credit for this season is the ability to tell everyone this is our enemy. He's very, very good at focusing the troops on one person. It can it was Cody. Cody, 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 Cody. Cody's the enemy of all of us. Brilliant. Then it moves to Jessica's the enemy of all of us. Now Dominique's the enemy of all of us. If you notice, everyone that's the enemy of, of the whole house is really, truly somebody who's figured Paul out. And he needs to get rid of Jason to free up Alex because he's scared of Jason and Alex's loyalty to each other. So he's got to get Jason away from Alex because he needs Alex to continue to win HOHs to keep him safe. So this is what we're looking at with Paul. He's an extremely smart player this season. Again, I question his intuition a little bit, but you don't need it when you're in this situation. I'm going to tell you who I think is in the best position of anybody in this house. And that is Josh. Josh is in everybody's final. <laughs> He's in everybody's final. Is that because everybody feels like they can beat him? Probably. But he's still in it. And don't be surprised if Josh is in a final two with somebody. And not because he's brilliant or he did anything really brilliant. He just, for some reason this season, the guy has blown me away. And not in a good way. I mean, I'm just, you know, listen, this is a guy who stole POV first day. He, he got safety for himself in the most selfish manner on day one. Yet they forgive him and don't forgive Cody. He's been an absolute annoyance at times. Now, I do think that Josh, we've seen good sides of Josh, that Josh comes down and is a good, you know, seems to be a good guy. But we've seen where Josh has also been extremely terroristic in the house and emotional and everything else. But yet this guy, I'm telling you, Lay, if you can lay money early, I don't know what Vegas has, but if you can lay money in Vegas on Josh being in the final two, I'd do it, especially the odds look good, because I think he is a final two candidate all day long. Everybody thinks they can win against Josh. It's a great situation for him, but he has to start making his game happen. The other thing that I really, really like about Paul before we get off of Paul, because we've been on, man, the whole season's been on Paul, how about the brilliance? The absolute brilliance of making sure that Alex and Jason target Raven and Matt, and Raven and Matt target Alex and Jason. How about the brilliance of getting every one of the showmances to break up to the best of his ability? 
to challenge Jessica's association with Cody, to challenge Elena's association with Mark. Don't think that he won't challenge Raven's relationship with Matt. Matt's, I'm telling you, Matt's going to go up. I, you know, so-and-so's HOH, you're going to put him up. You have an opportunity to dump Matt and go further in this game and help yourself out with these doctor bills that you have and these surgeries you need and all this stuff to survive. You're going to have to get rid of Matt. Matt's dragging you down. Don't put it past Paul to start working that angle when he knows that Matt and Jessica are going up. You may see it this week knowing that Jason's going to put them up. So, look, there's a lot of brilliance on Paul's side. And I'm here to tell you, as much as it sucked at the beginning of the season to even say this, the only person deserving the win right now is Paul. He's the only person. I mean, I'd like to see, like I said, Jason is a fine winner for me. I don't get upset about that. I actually think it would be hilarious if Kevin won, but I think Kevin's going to win America's Favorite Player. You You heard it here first. I'm usually really good at naming these America's Favorite Players. I think I think it's going to be Kevin. Uh, it might be Cody. Cody would be an interesting pick just for the fact that he served in the military and he does have a daughter, you know, and a lot of people feel like he got kind of a bad situation the first week. I could see Cody winning it, to be honest with you. But I kind of think Kevin's going to take it. It's kind of like that Donnie where he's just a really great mascot sidekick. And I picked him to win. It's going to be really tough for him to do. Uh, I thought that he would be a little bit more strategic by this point. Seems like he's in a dark place right now as far as like a black hole. Uh, Kevin's kind of been sunken into that black hole. And I think it's been really hard for him to dig out of it. And it's just kind of, I'm just going to play cool. Uh, He's done that really, really well. But he is on the target list, and if he does not win an HOH, and I don't think he's going to, I just don't think he – it just doesn't seem like it's something that's his bag. Now, he can trip into one. He can definitely trip into one. You know, one of these easy things where you throw a ball and it lands uh, the highest number. God knows, anybody can win that, and it could be Kevin. But what does Kevin do? That's a very, very, very serious question for Kevin. But I don't think that I'm going to be right this season, unfortunately. I had a lot of hope for Kevin, but, you know, and I, and, I, and I think it was ridiculous that a lot of people looked badly at Kevin because he talked to Cody and he talked to Mark. What's the big deal? I don't think the deal he made with Cody was a bad deal. I think it was actually a really smart deal. I think it was a really, really smart deal. And I think Paul was wrong to get mad at him about it. That's where I question Paul's intuition on a lot of things. He should have looked at it from a different point of view, and he couldn't. Uh, we saw Zingbot this week. Let's talk about something fun. We saw Zingbot this week. We're almost done for the night. But we saw Zingbot. We saw him come in. It's always fun to see him. But you know what? i got to be honest with you. I think that the Paul Zing was really weak. We know that he didn't win the half a million dollars last season. That's not really that big of a Zing. I would have liked to have seen him say something about him being like a Charles Manson type or something funny. You know what I mean? Because everybody follows him around. You know what I mean? So I would, you know, I just think they could have been a little harder on Paul, and they weren't. A lot of people think production is trying to get Paul to win. Maybe that's true. They definitely didn't zing him very hard. But my favorite zing of the night had to have been Ravens. I mean, the clown make the clown tart. That was to me, it was great. And she was so excited to get zinged until she got zinged, and it was like, oh, I don't care. I don't care. That's cool. You know, no, I, it was really funny. I really, really thought the Raven one was hilarious. Josh's was good, but it was a little bit of a low blow. 
I mean, he kind of suffered. He kind of picked on his body image. Uh, I don't. Not that I'm a non-bully. Like I think that bullying is part of life. Unfortunately, I think I think severe bullying is awful. But I think people bullying each other is kind of part of life. It's how you handle it. Um, and you got to kind of realize that this is that people are going to do that sometimes. Uh, but I think that for Paul, I, I, I'm sorry for for Josh. I think it was really low. I think the shot at his body image. Um, I mean, he's gotten fatter. I mean, you can look at his picture, you know, when he goes, you know, his promo shots. He's sucking in his gut like I would. God, oh, my God, I'd probably get liposuction, so I can't say anything. But, you know, listen, we know he's overweight. We know he's a bit chubby. That's okay, you know, if you can roll it off your back. But I think it was a little bit of a low blow on him. There's a lot of things they could have picked on him about. I think his weight was a low blow. Um, I thought Jason's, like I said before, was the most unfair zinc. I, I just I don't know where that came from that he's riding Alex's coattails, and I think it gave him a bad image in the game. I think it made people look at him differently. Maybe that there's something that we know that they don't know. Why Why are they saying that he's riding on on Alex's coattails? Why is Alex Why is Alex being told that? Because I don't believe that he has. I think if anything, he's kept her as safe as she's kept him. You know, he's a POB winner. He is an HOH winner. He has competed in this game pretty heavily. I think I think production and that zing got – I think whoever writes him got that one completely wrong. Not to take the fun out of it. But I thought that Alex's was a little bit unfair too. I mean, you know, to me you can dress whore-ish. You can be hoary. But I think that to me involves a lot of sexual play. I believe that that belongs to a lot of flirtation and playing people's emotions and making people kind of lust for you and using them in that way or sleeping with many people in the house would definitely qualify. And Alex has done nothing of the sort. She hasn't tried to have a showmance with anyone. She hasn't flirted heavily with anyone. She hasn't been sexual with anyone or or acted sexy towards anyone. Yes, she wears skimpy things. Um, but she also has the body for it. If you have the body for it, go for it. I mean, you know, hey, do it. You know, if you if if you have a cute body, and I'm speaking from a male's point of view, and it's summertime, let the cleavage roll. Not a big deal. It's safe for TV. Who cares? But I think it was really low for them to go after her in that way when she really doesn't come across whore-like. Now, she might be a tease. I know, I just lost half my viewing audience. She might come off as a tease, and a tease is fair. Whore, a little strong. Very strong. The Christmas thing was pretty good. I, I really enjoyed that. I thought the uh, 12 Days of Christmas uh, song was great. I think I think they should have picked on her dramatics a little bit because, uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, I think she loves the camera. And she loves to be cutesy-cutesy for the camera, like some big dramatic scene when she knows the camera's on her, you know, announcing that she's going to use her hex and she is the queen of perseverance. I mean, save me, you know, give me a break. and stab my eyes out with a spoon. I mean, she's a bit dramatic. I, and I don't dislike Christmas. I, I'm actually, you know, Christmas is another one. I don't have a problem with her winning um, if she gets that far. Um, but... You know, okay, she's got a broken foot. We got it. 
But I did like how Kevin looked like he was going to completely take a bat out and just bash, you know, Zingbot over the head and put him in his, the trunk of his Lincoln. That dude is so mafia. It's not even funny. I love it. He's so mobster. Uh, but I thought that was hilarious. But, there, you know, there were some great zings. I did laugh through all of them. I just think some of them were more unfair than I've seen in other seasons where they really did a t- they really did zing you or they really did zing the player but it was a deserving zing, you know, like a really deep dig. This one just kind of seemed a little bit more angry zing um you know, where it just kind of seemed like it was more of an attack on some people. Uh and they let a lot of people off easy like Paul. I think Paul got let off so easy. So easy in the game or in the zing. So easy. Um so you know, basically what I did before I found out about tonight's show, I mean, watched it, was I did a lot of my predictions for HOH winners. Um, I said Paul would throw it. I don't know if he did. I'm sure that he did. I, I felt like Paul was going to throw it. Um, I felt like, uh, let's see, you know, Christmas, Josh, Raven, Matt, Kevin, all put up Jason. I think, uh, of course, Alex can play. Put up Alex and Jason. I think if Jason wins, he puts up Matt and Raven. I think that's going to stay true. Um, every week we kind of see the new Cody. I tell you guys, it's the new Cody, the new Cody, the new Jessica, the new Elena, the new Mark. Now it's going to be the new Jason, and it's going to be the new Matt. Uh, the new Matt and Jason are going to be the Cody's the next two weeks, I believe. Uh, I think Alex is going to try to throw the HOH. Maybe for Josh, and Josh put up Jason. Uh, maybe Jason and Raven, the survivor from Matt uh, and Raven, uh, or Matt if Matt survives that uh, through a POV or something. What's going to be great is if Matt wins POV and doesn't use it on Raven, because <laughs> you know somewhere deep down inside she thinks he will. Uh, that's another delusional character this season. So that was my that's my thought process even before tonight. I, Jason, I believe 100% is going to put up, uh, going to put up Matt and Raven. I would be shocked to not see that. Finding out his wife's pregnant may change things. He may go after bigger targets, but I think it's kind of too soon for him. You know, he's another one of those guys that kind of got stuck because who's going to vote against Paul right now? Take a, if you're going to take a shot at Paul, you've got to make sure it's a good shot, or he's going to come right back harder and he's got a minion groups. He's got minions in his group that are going to go right after you as well. Alex is probably going to turn on Jason at that point. I'd love to see him do it. I just think it's too early for him. It's definitely going to be a Matt and Raven situation. Um, so that's where we're at. <clears throat> and I think that's what's going to happen. Like I said, I think if Christmas Josh, Raven, or Matt and Kevin win it, they were going to put up Alex and Jason. Guess he's still sitting pretty in that situation, Josh and Paul. Rankings for this week, Josh, love him, love the situations he's in. I'm, I would put money on him being in a final two. Paul, controlling the situation, it's hard to come down on him. He is doing such a fantastic job in this game. You just really cannot come after Paul um, as far as bashing his game. Uh, I would give Christmas third place. I think Christmas is actually playing a really, really good social game as well. I think she did a really good job at trying to explain to Mark that this is just how things are going. Um, I think she's done really well socially. I think she's done really, really well socially. Um, Alex comes in because I think that Alex, although in a safe spot, I think she's a huge threat. 
Matt, because I think Matt is somebody who is going to go home. Probably, I don't know that he's going to go home this week if he gets put up first thing. He may end up winning POV, which is why I've got Kevin and Raven behind him. I think Raven actually goes home before Matt because I think Matt can save himself. And at the end of the line, of course, I had Jason, but I was reversing that just in case because there's so many people against him if he loses this HOH tonight that he was going to go on the block with Matt probably. So it's one of those situations where that kind of changes. I don't give Jason any kind of real position power at this point, basically because he's HOH. He's not really the last in line. But if he had lost, he is dead last this week. He is the new Cody. Now it will be Matt. Matt may save himself with the POV. Then it will become Kevin or Raven. I think Kevin's less of a threat. Raven's less of a threat. Gosh, flip a coin. We may see the first like real split jury or real split eviction vote this week. If it's those two, I think Jason. I think Kevin's a little bit better at talking his way out of it than I think Raven will be. In fact, Raven may fall apart on the block. We'll see. Guys, listen. Thank you so much for sticking around. I know that that uh, for those that are listening to the end of this, we were in a situation where we were recording live, we were going live, and something happened with the studio um, that's online. It kind of shut down on us. And so we basically erased that one, but we could not do the new episode until midnight because it, you know only do one episode a, a, a night. Uh, so that's why we're on so late. I appreciate you guys. If you did stay up listening, staying up. Uh, I appreciate all the downloads. I appreciate all the listeners. It's been a it's been a great year for us on this end because we've had so much success. I wish it was a little bit better season. We could talk about things that are a little bit more exciting. But don't give up on the season. This house has to eat itself. They're going to have to eat each other at some point. It is beginning to happen. It's going to happen with this nomination. There is nobody else to put the blame on anymore. Now it's going to be Mark and Raven, and once Mark leaves, it's going to start dwelling down. This is going to get really, really serious. And I hope that it gets a lot more fun as the week goes on, or as the season goes on. It should be a really interesting week. I'm sure it's going to leak out who's going up, and I'm sure we're going to see absolutely nothing from Matt and Raven. Maybe from Raven. She's a bit feisty. She may want to fight with people over it, but uh, you know, it may actually get her sent home before Matt. Matt may be quiet let Raven get mad all she wants. Uh, but we will definitely follow up but the problem that we have is that i will not be allowed to go live next thursday i've got something that's in the way of that thursday night i will let you guys know whether or not we're going to go live friday or if we're just going to continue on the next week it's hard to let go of this change in the house we're seeing a lot of these people that were safe for so long start to go home it may be hard not to do a friday show if we do one it will be friday night i will announce that on twitter and plenty of time for you guys so please keep it on the twitter Guys, keep uh, tweeting, keep talking. Let's keep talking about Big Brother. Let's try to help each other through this moment. It's been it's been a really, really rough year uh, for the Big Brother house. Just can't keep talking each other through it. Hopefully we get a really bang-up ending to this, but we'll see. Guys, thanks so much. As always, thank you for listening and be good to each other. This is the Big Brother After Show with your host, Sam. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, guys. Bye. Flurries, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes! <laughs> bye bye! Pull the mask off.
people aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. You rip it open and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. unscrupulous and unexpected. It's time for another summer of Big Brother.